anti-snapshot SEO. How to identify easy to rank for new keyword opportunities with Lucas Zelezny. The In Search SEO podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all-in-one SEO platform that helps skill your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. How do you identify new keyword opportunities that are easy to rank for? That's what I'm going to be talking about with Lucas Zelezny from SEO.London. Lucas, when you're just focusing on quick wins, is it not best actually to start with keywords that are ranking on page two? That's a fair point. Hello, everyone. Um, thank you for having me. A fair point. Um, historically, absolutely, yes. You would say, yeah, show me the keywords that are almost ranking first, are almost on the top, are almost there, and I will try to make them on the top, and then I can sit back and relax and say, like, that's all I can do because now I'm first and I'm ranking the highest possible and there is nothing else that I can do, so job done. Absolutely, yes. That is how it was historically. And and now, should I talk about the different concept? Would you want me to uh, move into the different concept that I started implementing? Yeah, sure. So I didn't know if that was a <laughs> question for the listener or a question for me. Um, but essentially what you're saying is that that's not necessarily the right way to do it now, and there can be a more effective way uh, to target um, newer keyword opportunities. It's a way. It's very well uh, known way, very efficient. But there are other ways, and I wanted to introduce into the other way, which I called anti-snapshot. So, like you mentioned, uh, instead of going, the difference between snapshot and anti-snapshot is that instead of going with keywords that are ranking between position 3 and 10 and analyzing what is out there and how we can optimize, we're going much, 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 much deeper. We're going into position 50 plus, or 60 plus, 70 plus. And there is first hypothesis that there are relevant keywords, but because we have no relevant content, Google cannot rank as higher than position 50, 60, or 70. Let me give you an example. Let's say there is a jewelry shop that is selling gold, gold jewels. And they have um, e-commerce and they have a categories. And they have a category gold wedding bands and rings. And people are very often searching like gold wedding bank, bands, gold wedding rings. But sometimes people are searching very specific way. They're searching for yellow gold wedding bands or white gold wedding bands or rose gold wedding bands. And you can see that, first of all, competitors know about that and they have that super specific category and they're ranking above us. Then we don't have, we're ranking with some other page which is loosely related on position 50 plus, 60 plus. Another example from SEO world. People searching for SEO are historically typing SEO consultant, SEO consultant for hire, SEO consultant for hire in London. Now, if you would take a keyword set from a year and you would say, show me keywords in search console, so show me keywords which doesn't contain word SEO, 
which rank on position 50 plus in last 12 months. You may see that sometimes people searching for redirection consultant or core web vitals consultant. And I had a situation that, you know, people are typing higher core web vital consultant. And my mostly related article is what are core web vitals? And I'm ranking on position 42. Is what is core web vitals relevant to higher core web vital consultant? Not really. They are talking about something similar, but not exactly this is the same intent. Writing a dedicated article why you should have a Core Web Vital Consultant, how Core Web Vital Consultant help, can help you and your business is much, much more relevant. And Google can easily switch uh, that keyword uh, association between the URL and rank you much higher. So this is in a nutshell how, it, how it, I would recommend to approach. What happens if you only have uh, one item? You started off with the example of um, white gold wedding rings. Mm -hmm. If you're a jewellery shop and you only sell one white gold gold wedding ring, are you better off actually creating a sub a, a, a niche category for that product where it sits in to maybe add a relevance, show to Google exactly um, the context of the products, or if, if, if you only have one of those items, then are you better off optimizing the individual product page for generic phrases like that? I think uh, this is definitely 100% uh, not uh, something to play with visibility and so on. If you have one product or one type of uh, wedding rings, then you're not going to start creating various potential categories and duplicates and so on and so on and so on. But if you, for example, are selling, um, you know, women, women uh, dresses, and you know that red coat for a winter is something that people often are searching, especially women's, every year, then you will try to pick up Hunt, hunt, cherry pick all these red codes you have, and you will create a category which will be about the red codes for a winter. Which not necessarily mean that you should automatically create blue, red, uh, blue, white, black, and brown codes because everything depends what is the demand. Red codes is something very popular, and you can type. I made this up right now as we're talking, but I think if you type right now red uh, red coats for winter uh, or w women red coats for winter, you will see that there will be lots of players in UK market like ASOS, New Look, uh, Boohoo, uh, Pretty Little Things, uh, ranking with the specific category. The same like Polka, um, uh, polka dot uh, pattern and so on and so on. So everything depends on demand. And also, it's worth to mention that on position 50, very often there are some random keywords which have nothing to do with ranking or keywords which will never make you ranking in top. It can be some kind of like, I remember many years ago, I had uh, I started socialmedia.pl and somehow I started ranking on position 50 plus on keyword FB, which is like Facebook or YT, like, which is like YouTube. Doesn't necessarily mean that this is a signal that, oh, I should now create a landing page 
which will be describing what is YT and what is FB. Now, a human, like a like a like a healthy uh, human uh, approach and understanding is needed in this methodology, but behind that there is lots of good things. Let's let's stick with this example of red coats for winter. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a keyword phrase that is relevant for winter, or maybe relevant for purchasing in the autumn time. So if a website has identified that as an opportunity, but as you've alluded to, they may just be ranking in number 50 or number 60, so quite far down. How far in advance do they need to start preparing for this so they're actually um, have an opportunity to be at the top of the SERP for that kind of keyword phrase? And um, what do you do in terms of approach to give yourself that opportunity to, to, to rank that far in advance. How far in advance do you need to create those categories and what kind of work do you do do you need to do in terms of maybe internal linking and other SEO efforts to give yourself that chance? Perfect. Yeah, so, uh, you know, winter is every year, so we can say that this is very much evergreen category. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm refraining from using anything like years in the URL and so on and so on. Even for Black Friday, I'm using Black Friday and the year is on in the title tag. So every year I can sw- sw- switch this. But going back to the codes, you know, very often it would be like someone is typing uh, women bread uh, codes for winter and we are ranking position 85 with uh, category co- uh, women codes. Nothing about red, nothing about winter, yeah? So cherry picking these codes which are red and for winter, building additional category, which will be uh, women red codes for winter, and then potentially adding this uh, category into the top bottom navigation, internal links from other code category, and then observation how this, category red coats for winter is slowly, slowly climbing in the URLs, maybe uh, in the SERPs. Maybe it won't hit top in this season, but it will be good for the next season. So, you know, it's like a good old wine, you know, uh, Mm. maturing, is maturing. And obviously, you know, the problem starts, the problem starts if the big fishes like, I mentioned before, are starting following the same pattern. So we have a double problem, you know, because they have a lot of authority and so on and so on and so on. And uh, it will be more difficult to beat them on these keywords. But everything depends how deep you will dive and you will start picking ideas for landing pages, for categories and so on and so on. And there is never too late, never too early because... It's going into circles. Okay, so it's a long-term approach. Um, Depending on the authority of your website, it could take a short time. It could take a long time, depending on the competition out there as well. Um, You said something interesting to begin with. You you, you said, never mind the word, I think, winter. So does that that mean that... um, it would be a better strategy to actually... to create a category... um, Red coats, um, red co- red coats, seasonal seasonal clothes. Uh, you, you'd you'd create a maybe a URL along that structure. However, um, when it came to winter, 
or winter clothes when it came to autumn time, um, you'd use that URL and you'd optimize that particular page for phraseology in relation to winter. And then you'd keep the same category, you keep the same page, the same URL for summertime, but you just change the optimization of that page for summertime clothes. Uh, I wouldn't do this like that because okay. it will be very much like dangling lots of, you know, for one, you can do this like that. And then you're replicating this with other categories. And, you know, uh, uh, SEO always needs a bit of time, 365 days. It's a relatively short period for an SEO, you know. So overall, um, I'm trying to focus on having as little as possible you know, uh, around that uh, optimization. I wouldn't rather try to optimize uh, the same pages for different seasons. I would try, I would, yeah, try to refrain that. I would rather focus maybe on the uh, having nice products every every time, which are falling into the categories uh, that are out there. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, and, 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 you know, like, again, there is always this healthy approach. I'm always giving this example, like how far the taxonomy should be indexable because we said about red coats for winter for women's someone who is listening to us will say like, okay, red, blue, black, white, brown, five, winter, summer, autumn, spring, four, multiply this. For women, for men, too. And at the end of the day, you will get 100 categories. And that is potentially a very risky approach because you will start very much inflating website to the level where you will start getting... First of all, you need to see your inventory. If you have this product, if that makes sense to create these categories. Second of all, what is the search demand? Yeah, That's why I said on the beginning that it's not automatically that because we can see that people are searching for red one, we automatically take an assumption that we need to create every other color. And I'm always educating my customers saying like, listen, if you're selling shoes, you can say like sport official shoes. Yeah, uh, material, maybe three different materials. Multiplying this is already uh, it's already six and, and so on and so on. But you're not going into size. You're not going now to start building categories with the size. Size of the shoes is always a filter, which is never in Google index or shouldn't be in the Google index. Because then when you have the whole structure of categories, let's say you ended up with 50, and then you will on top of that give the size uh, of the shoes, which can be like, I don't know, additional like 15, 50 multiplied by 15, and it's like end of the world. Understood. Understand. Okay, great. So it creates micro categories um, based upon seasonality and search volume and what's important to you as a business. Keep those micro categories going for the long term. Um, and you, do, you needn't obviously link to them from your main menu system when they're not in season, but you can bring them up. And the fact that they've existed and Google know about them, you'll be more likely to surface them higher up in the SERP uh, when it's right mm -hmm. for you. Great. 
Let's finish off with the Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. So what's one SEO activity that you would recommend that provides incredible results for moderate levels of effort? That I love this kind of thing, especially when I'm working alone by myself, um, then I need to really focus on this kind of things. And I would like to suggest uh, translation, uh, translation, translation, translation. Language is often a barrier to reach customers who are out there. Imagine that in Japan, if people are saying, if you don't speak Japanese or you don't present uh, information in Japanese, it doesn't exist on the market. We think, we all think that, okay, English is so universal, but there are still areas on the world where you really need to know a language or, which is funny enough, there is plenty of people who speak fluently English, but they still start searching in the national language, despite from the fact they have no problem to communicate. Now, there is a deep L. There is Google API. There is Microsoft API. This translator become better and better and better, especially deep L. The quality of the translation is almost there. Almost there. Now, if you can say like, okay, I will do as much as I can, as best as I can, but it will be still automatic translation. So sometimes there can be some nuances and you can sacrifice this. Then uh, obviously you don't need to say like, okay, now we will be implementing a language version. We need to hire people, but proofreaders, this and that, this and that. And then boom, at the end of the day, you're getting six zeros bill, you know, uh, six digits bill. Uh, so um, DeepL can integrate with Magento, can integrate with uh, WordPress. You can translate your content into these languages. There is, I think, 20 languages. And I could see that some people are translating to Latvian, Lithuanian, Hungarian, Estonian, even like Greek, or uh, which use own characters, or like Bulgarian, Russian. And you can approach these people and obviously, again, like someone say like, oh, this is automatic translation. Yes, it is. There are some mistakes, but it's not like that horrible. And you can always say like, listen, this content was translated automatically. I remember when I could see on times uh, that there are articles from, I think, 19th century, and they are uh, having this little caveat like this text was automatically scanned so no one was typing this and proofreading this they took the whole archive of the paper um, articles and they scanned this OCR this and posted this on the website and that's why you can type a uh, uh, Titanic uh, disaster and you can see in Google SERP this article was posted in 1912 or something and you're like how the, how 1912 like 100 years before internet was even okay they they just don't this kind of things. So this is this is my my approach to this, approaching uh, much much wider amount of potential customers through the fact that you are using a translator, and you can uh, you can reach them and you can have a conversation with them. Well, I tell you what, it sounds like we should um, try and get you on another future episodes and and talk specifically about that because you've got a lot to say about that as well. I'm sure. Thank you, thank you for having me. Anyway. And yeah, uh, you know, uh, I hope that 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 will help some of our listeners 
to scale up. I'm sure it will do. Well, I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Lucas Lesney over at SEO.London. Lucas, thanks again for being part of the In Search SEO podcast. Thank you. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com.